Welcome to Gen Z at Work, your gateway to understanding the dynamic world of the Gen Z workforce. My name is Luke Getting, and in each episode, I'm going to bring you conversations with Gen Z employees, managers, and industry leaders, hopefully packed with nuggets of wisdom to help you and your business connect meaningfully with the emerging workforce and unlock their immense potential. Because this is our first episode, I want to reintroduce myself. My name is Luke Getting, as I mentioned, and I'm a communications expert and owner of a creative agency called Puffingston Presentations. I am also a professional speaker on Gen Z in the workforce. I personally am not a Gen Zer. I'm a millennial, but I work with Gen Z. I consult with clients who are looking to inspire Gen Z, and I have a lot of amazing Gen Z relatives. I am also finding myself to be a frequent Gen Z defender. I feel there's a lot of misinformation circling around Gen Z being called lazy, entitled, not wanting to work. And in my experience, I just do not find that to be the case. So for our episode, I wanted to go straight to the source and talk with a Gen Z worker who is thriving at her job, Sarah Joao. I actually met Sarah when I was giving my talk, Engagement Unleashed, the Gen Z Plus Opportunity, in to a, uh, a SHRM HR chapter in Corpus Christi, Texas. I met Sarah, I was immediately impressed with her maturity, her insights, and I really thought that y'all would benefit from hearing from her as well. So uh, listen up and enjoy our conversation with Sarah Joao. And we do have some creatures who will be making some some appearances, which is awesome. What, what are their what are their names? So I have a dog named, but she's a corgi. She's a pulp. Her name is Butternut Squash. Butternut Squash, very very Thanksgiving themed. Absolutely. <laughs> I have two cats, one named Cloud, one named Crow, and then I have a guinea pig named Poppy. And then I'm going to be getting another guinea pig because guinea pigs are social animals. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. You got a full you got a full crew over there. I sure do. I don't need kids. I got tons of fur animals. <laughs> got fur babies everywhere. <laughs> do they coexist peacefully? As they can with yeah. their respective personalities. <laughs> and that's and that's kind of just life, right? And actually, that's almost a beautiful metaphor for for all of us generations getting along in the workforce too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, everyone, every generation's a little bit different. All the animals in my house are a little bit different and they, they coexist. And that is the most important thing at the end of the day. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Would you mind just telling us a little, little bio? What's, what's, uh, what's your deal, Sarah? How's, what's your, what's your professional trajectory been? Yeah, so I am in uh, uh, staffing. Um, I am an operations manager with a company by the name of Sterling Personnel. Um, We are based, uh, our main base is out of Corpus Christi, Texas, um, but we are actually in the process of expanding to um, Houston, the Houston area, the San Antonio area, but we can service, you know, all of the South United States region. So it's really exciting and fun to uh, be able to work not only locally, but kind of like spread our wings a little bit and uh, venture out into other locations as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I I love the kind of statewide or even national reach. One of my first jobs out of college was in outside sales. And I, I just thought it was such an advantage to be having conversations with different companies, different offices, different spaces, just helps you grow so much more quickly. I think getting exposed to a lot of different businesses and people. 
Exactly. And it also sounds good to say like, oh, I was in Oklahoma last week, you know, kind of. Who doesn't, who doesn't want to name drop some Oklahoma? Yeah, <laughs> Oklahoma, Alabama, what else can we throw in there? <laughs> exactly. Now, is that your first, your first kind of full-time professional role? No. So um, I am currently 25 years old. Um, I have been working since I was 16, though. Um, you know, that's not counting all the times that I, of course, went to work with my parents when I was little. Um, uh, I remember like... throw that on the resume. We'll take it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I helped file papers when I was 10 and I handed wrenches to my dad when he was working on cars. Like, trust me, I know everything there is to know about it. <laughs> Probably have some wages you need, still need to collect on and for those for those gigs. Yeah, no, kidding. that's what I was saying. Um, but no, yeah, so um, my first job ever was um, I was checking um, bags at a water park um, to make sure that no one was bringing in anything illegal. Smart. Then I got promoted to a team lead, and then I got promoted to a retail supervisor, and then I worked in a sales for an advertising and marketing company after that and then I went into the staffing agency all right so you've got better some robust experience already a little bit I, I'd like to think so <laughs> you were for a minute there you were talking about bags my first job uh, in high school was bagging at a grocery store so I, I almost thought that's where where you're going with it. but you much more important to keep the to keep the uh, water park running smoothly than it is to to make sure that the chips get in the right bag, I think. <laughs> you know, you would be surprised how upset people get whenever you tell them they can't bring in a jar of glass, you know, glass jar of pickles. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. Got cursed quite a few times whenever, whenever um, The point is reinforced the there enthusiastically. Yeah, exactly. She's she's all about it. Uh, but I got cursed at quite a few times, you know, oh. as a 16 year old telling them, you know, I'm sorry, you can't bring in any knives to a water no knives, <laughs> no giant glass jars of pickles, slurp your pickles before you get into the water park, people. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come <laughs> on, it's, but just put them in a baggie. I know you have a couple. I can give you some. <laughs> yeah, love it. Well, thank, thank you for your service in that on that front, for sure. Of course, keeping so, doing what I can. Yeah. So as you kind of, especially as you've shifted to full-time work, what are, what are just like some of the, the highlights that have, that have jumped out to you? Maybe surprises, maybe uh, this is great. And then maybe this is kind of frustrating. What are, what are some of the headlines of, of your career so far, Sarah? So from being in the workforce, I would say that, um, you know, I'm sure it's the same for other generations as well, but, um, you know, it never, you know, especially when you're from, you know, one of the more recent generations, um, mm -hmm. there never seems to be any winning, like no mm. matter what you're doing, you know, you could be flipping burgers at a fast food restaurant and you're told to get a quote unquote real job, which in my opinion, you know, saying that that saying is ridiculous um, because yeah. the job is as real as the burger in your hand is. <laughs> um, Need those but, burgers. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
And then, you know, in the other hand, when you do get a real job, you have to hear comments about how someone so young shouldn't be holding those kinds of positions and things of that nature. Um, So it's like, you know, like, what do you want from me? You know, I heard it all the time too, especially in my last position um, at the advertising and marketing company, I would do sales inside and outside. Um, And I'd always hear comments about like, aren't you a little too young to be doing this? And I would always just have to try and brush it off, you know, right? because my age doesn't, you know, you know, impact like whether or not the product I'm trying to sell you is valuable to your company. Right, right always having to go back to haha yeah anyways <laughs> I'm sure you I'm sure you bit your tongue on some zinger some zingers in response there <laughs> absolutely there's been a lot of times where I just have to like, grin and bear it but you know at the end of the day it's it's, it's nothing to take personal it's just mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. people don't even realize what they're saying or how it can affect others right but yeah I mean you you illustrated like all right strive strive hard but don't don't strive too hard. You, you, you've, you've exceeded what we, what we want from you. Like you have to just fit in this nice little placeholder that I, that I've conceptualized for where you should be at almost. Exactly. Yep. Mm. Well, um, on that note, like what are, what are some things that have helped you kind of really get up to speed? It sounds like you're really, really jump starting and, and taking advantage of the opportunities given to you. Um, what what's helped you really really dig in and into your career um something that I've noticed that has helped me a lot is I'm very much the kind of person who loves to be provided information not only you know like how to do something but why like you know what's the importance of doing this step how does it relate to everything else you know what happens if this step falls between the cracks so asking questions is super important in my career um, especially since I'm in staffing which is a sector of human resources which is very highly regulated mm-hmm. um, so that's super important, you know, asking questions. Also, just having a mentor that I can rely on um, is super important. You know, I'd love to say that I know everything and that I don't need help, but that's not the case. You know, I'm learning something new every day and having a mentor that I can turn to and feel comfortable turning to is important. Um, And then the third thing I would say, um, and one of arguably one of the most important things is the internet, Um, you know, having an internet, uh, you know, a highway of information at my fingertips at all time um, has saved my butt more times than I'd like to admit. Um, But it's a great resource, you know, to for practically everything. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Well, there's so much to dig into in that answer. And, and I appreciate you kind of walking us through those. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask a few follow-ups if you don't mind. Oh um, yeah, go ahead. Those um, in terms of, uh, I love your response about the mentorship. I think that's so important. and can just fast track people. <laughs> like you said, you can only know so much in, in one's own position. And if you can leverage someone else's expertise, who's, and so uh, I'm curious, how do you, how do you typically interface with your, with your mentor and, and maybe even how did you go about finding, did it happen kind of by accident? Did you, were you intentional about it? Like are you meeting on a weekly basis? Is it more ad hoc? Um, so in terms of how I actually interface with my current uh, mentor is, um, she oversees the area of my division, um, and we act, she's actually remote, um, and she, we meet, you know, 
uh, not only on a weekly basis, but ad hoc as well. You know, if there's something that comes up, you know, I feel very comfortable shooting her over a message on Teams saying like, hey, I have this situation. Like, can do you have like, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes to just walk me through it? Or, you know, how would you handle this situation if you were in my place? Um, like, what would you do? But always, you know, kind of prefacing with like, do you have a moment? Because mm -hmm. I don't want to just like spontaneously jump in a call and be like, hey, I know you're probably- Emergency. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and I think everyone of all ages appreciates showing respect with one's time. So yeah, I appreciate you highlighting that because it works both ways, right? You know, whatever level you're at, um, getting a sort of an unannounced drop in or, or hey, jump into this meeting or, or phone call. It's, it can be very disruptive. Absolutely. Now, I'm curious, uh, your first point about asking questions in, in, in my talk, as you know, I, I talk about and to leadership, the importance of leading with why and sharing some of that background. Sometimes, uh, and this is this is a, a heavy question, so I'll, I'll take take uh, what you will from it. But, you know, sometimes the pushback from leader, like, oh, that's that's annoying, right? Like, why do they need to know everything? Just why not? Why don't they just do what I say? <laughs> Shut up and, and and knock it out. What, yeah, how just do you, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how would you describe why that's so valuable to you and, and how it actually, if, if, if you believe so, how it actually helps you do your job better? Well, I feel like how it helps me do my job better is because um, it's it helps me understand the weight and the value of what I'm doing. Mm. You know, it is important for you to do this because if you don't do it, the whole system is going to fall apart. And the last thing I want to do is get in trouble for letting the whole system fall apart. Or right, right. The cracks. Um, but, you know, having the why it helps put the weight of importance on something. It helps me prioritize. It helps me, you know, uh, delegate what is important in this moment versus what's not important in this moment, mm -hmm. you know, doing one thing versus another, you know, if I give, if I'm given a why, I know that B is actually more important than doing A. So therefore I should prioritize it. I love that answer. That's beautifully stated. Well done. Um, in many ways, what you're asking for is context. To do your job yeah. better, and exactly, I, one of the one of the stats I've found so fascinating in in kind of my research on generational studies is this idea. I think I think it's like three out of four. It's not just Gen Z. I think Gen Z millennials as well. Three out of four workers wants their manager to help them figure out what the what's the order. <laughs> what's the like? What are the priorities? Because you can get everything sent your way and. In one day or in one week or one month, you, you can't necessarily achieve all that. But there are a few of those things that are significantly more important than the rest, and they should be prioritized. But if you don't have that information, you don't have that context, you, you're just kind of running blind, right? Exactly. And, you know, in my position as an operations manager, I oversee a handful of staff um, that works at the staffing agency. Um, I really value, you know, being given the why and the context. And so whenever I'm sending out, you know, reminders or, you know, like giving feedback or, you know, uh, constructive criticism, you know, it's less of just like, hey, do this, but it's like, 
hey, let's try this because of X, Y, Z. So it's something I value. So I make sure to incorporate it in my management style. Love that. Yeah. And, and I feel in some ways you're that that's a very easy tool to help align everyone, you know, at a department level, at an organizational level, because they do understand that why. And so often I think managers fall, managers and leaders fall into this trap because they know the why, because they're in those meetings at the, at the top of the organization and with all generations, but as the studies show, especially with Gen Z, the purpose, the the mission, like that, that needs to stay front and center. That's what people really connect with. That's oftentimes why they choose to work at some of these organizations. And even if there is that why, if it's not always being communicated, that can, that can still fall by the wayside. Exactly. I mean, one of our most recent examples that, you know, I can give is, um, you know, in the human resources staffing agency, um, it's really important to document everything that goes on, all the conversations, you know, why someone left a position, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I had to send out a friendly reminder as to like, hey, everyone, like, don't forget to like merge profiles. So notes are properly recorded on the candidate's profile. Um, because if you don't, and you get audited or someone files for unemployment, then we have no physical, like, you know, paper trail as to why, you know, we can deny it or why we are approving it. Mm. Yeah, it's very well, a great, a great example. Thank you. And yeah, it just, that exact same task, that exact same ask, but framed in such a way takes the significance and the stakes uh, and their understanding of the stakes to a totally different perspective. I think it's what I love, I guess, I'm getting on my soapbox here, but what I love about so much of this is like, it's such, there's small tweaks, right? We're not asking you to write a, a novel or record a, a, <laughs> a feature length video. It's just the minor tweaks uh, that can have these really outsized impacts. Exactly. You know, I don't have to put on a whole PowerPoint presentation as to why <laughs> you need to document things, but like just giving the basic context of like, hey, if we get audited, like we need a paper trail. And like from that point on, like everything has been documented appropriately, you know, in our system. Yeah. So it's kind of like even just giving that small explanation as to why is it goes like a long way. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, let me ask you, and I forget if this was totally on, on our talking points, but on the topic of management, because it's amazing that you already have a team that you're, that you're managing. Are they, do you know their generation? Are they Gen Z as well, typically, or are they spread out among a lot of generations? Um, so typically um, in human resources, when it comes to staffing, um, uh, Industry-wide, it's spread across a whole bunch of generations. Specifically for my staff, though, what I oversee are uh, millennials and Gen Zs. Okay. So um, that's the specific demographic of my staff. Cool. So I wanted to ask you, one of the things that I find is sort of coming to a head with sort of the traditional ways of doing business and the emerging workforce, i.e. Gen Z and, and younger millennials, is this idea of, of high touch management, like the, the traditional way of conducting a, an employee review, for example, it was oftentimes the annual review, right? And, and so it's like once a year we get together in this uncomfortable situation, the stakes are very high. 
and you get this data dump feedback from from your manager oftentimes um it doesn't seem like like that's just so misaligned with the way that the merging workforce has experienced almost anything <laughs> in terms of information consumption and communication let alone something of, of that significance so yeah i'm curious what what you what are your thoughts on on communication and in, in, in that idea of high touch or low touch or somewhere in between? I think I make it a regular habit to check in with my staff um, once a week, once every other week, you know, sometimes if we're in like a really busy season, once every couple of weeks um, to make sure, you know, if they need anything, you know, if there's anything that is causing them stress that I can help remedy, um, because I feel as though, you know, just an annual review, it's hard to give criticism and feedback on something that happened seven months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Because things have changed from seven months <laughs> ago. <laughs> Correct. Um, but I would, I would say in terms of touching basis with my staff, um, I find it's really important to do that on a somewhat regular basis. And oh, there she is. We Woo! have Miss Curl over Got here. Got some additional comments to add. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, uh, I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I, I touch basis with them on a regular basis because I want to know if there's anything I can do to help them become productive or alleviate stress or what we can do to brainstorm ideas together to make things more, you know, efficient or productive. Because if you have to wait all year long to toss out an idea to your employer, um, you know, you could forget or it could no longer be relevant or, you know, you've picked a different method that, you know, could have potentially attributed to the, you know, further productivity and efficiency of what you're currently doing. Yeah. It's like, if you had, if you had facilitated that feedback six, seven months ago, maybe that comment that you're bringing to the annual review would have already been not only solved, but the company be thriving in the interim. That's, that's really interesting. Exactly. Uh, and now a quick word from our sponsors. My name's Brenda, and you're listening to Gen Z at Work, the top podcast dedicated to connecting with the Gen Z workforce. If you're enjoying this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe so you can stay up to date on all our exciting interviews. And now, back to the conversation. I do want to call it, like, I don't know if the official category, kind of that, like, servant leader idea of just of asking in turn, because so many people are used to just receiving commands from their from their superiors, uh, their managers, uh, asking, how can you, how can I help you do your job better that I heard you say, like, that's, that's so powerful. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the ground floor of employees are, truly, you know, what keeps the wheels turning in a business. And if they're overworked, overstressed, you know, if they need something, it needs to be addressed in order to make the flow of business continue running smoothly. Because once people start experiencing burnout or, you know, um, you know, they're not having all the resources and supplies and equipment and backup that they need, things are going to start falling through the, you know, falling to the wayside, falling through the cracks, like, and then there goes the whole, 
you know, smooth flow of production Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just how the business runs, like you need to support them in order for them to support the business, you know, give as much as you take. It's, it's only fair. They're people too, at the end of the day, they're not just corporate bots. (laughs) They are people with thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Absolutely. And I, I, really appreciate how in your response you're you're demonstrating kind of both views which is they are people but also having people who are in a good place (laughs) helps the company do better so it really (laughs) so often framed as this battle right almost butting heads uh with employee engagement kind of employee engagement conversation but it it shouldn't be I, I don't think it doesn't have to be if you, you know, we're all working towards the same goal. We're all trying to, I mean, you know, frankly, at the end of the day, you know, we're all trying to go home at the end of the week with a paycheck, you know, to put food on the table, gas in the car, roof over our head, but to also reach feed all the, the same, feed all the creatures. Yeah. Feed all the creatures. <laughs> and what they do in return is just bark at the top of their lungs. Um, okay, we need a little more. We need a refill over here. <laughs> yeah. No lie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, we have to, we're all working, we're all rowing the same direction and making sure that everyone has a paddle to row. Um, and taking those breaks from rowing when you need to is just as important as getting to the end destination. Well said, well said. Um, let me, if, if we can stay on that theme a bit, and again, I'm, I'm throwing wide generational <laughs> questions your way, so don't, don't uh, feel like you have to solve uh, world hunger today on this 10-minute on this <laughs> conversation. Um, but I do feel in my conversations a lot, and this idea of like mental health and, and, and wellness and and work-life balance, it feels almost secondhand, like very, very instinctive for Gen Z. Um, and yet a lot of times in my experience with some you know, Gen X or, or boomers, um, it's not what they're used to, even conversation, even as a topic in a, in a corporate environment. Uh, I think many times, oftentimes they joined the workforce and they were expected in a lot of ways to be that, that bot, that corporate bot, I think as, as you stated it, uh, you know, sit down, shut up, do your job, follow the commands, go home at the end of the day and, and, and kind of repeat. What, what, what do people, what do people need to, what would be helpful for, for everyone, not, not only you know, certain generations to like, to get a better understanding of where Gen Z is coming from around these conversations or, or in general, you don't even have to take that one on. It's like, what, what do you have any reactions to, to kind of this, this new found emphasis, if you will? You know, I hear a lot of comments from, uh, you know, other generations about how, you know, especially in terms of like mental wellness, work-life balance, things of that nature um, surrounding that. And even Gen Zers in general, that they're overly sensitive and <laughs> special snowflakes <laughs> and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear that a lot. And like, do I think it's true that, you know, Gen Zers are sensitive? You know, maybe, but do I think it's a bad thing? 
by no means do I think it's a mm, negative thing. Interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of value in being culturally, emotionally, and ethically sensitive. And I, you know, feel as though that's something a lot of generations that have come before us don't necessarily realize or appreciate. Um, in reality, that sensitivity is just a form of kindness and empathy and respect and a lack of tolerance for unkindness, for apathy and for disrespect. Um, so, you know, taking, you know, I am have I am having, you know, so you know, copious amounts of stress or bouts of depression from, you know, what's going on at work, like being sensitive and realizing that someone is more than just an employee, that when you're talking to someone, you're talking to an actual person mm -hmm. at the end of the day who goes home and has feelings and, you know, dreams and ambitions of their own, you know, that goes a long way when you start to recognize it in how you treat people, you know, not even necessarily as colleagues or as employees in an employer relationship, but even when you're out and about, um, you know, at Denny's and how you treat your waitress, like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry that your meal was messed up, but you know, there's no need in throwing a hissy fit over it. Like it's, it's something that can be fixed if yeah. you communicate we're that. All this, we're all this together at Denny's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all in it together. Like, like, let's get you that smash burger and keep on going. <laughs> exactly. Get get fueled up. No, yeah. I very, very well stated. And what you reminded me that I I like almost get tingles when I when I think of this this insight that I that I found in some of my studies was like there there is evidence that Gen Z, and again, almost all of these apply to to all generations. Um if they feel social, if they, if they check the box that they feel valued by their company, which unfortunately it's not a high percentage, it's, it's under 50% of people who do check that box and say, yes, I do truly, truly feel valued at the company I'm at. Um, it showed that people who felt that way, not only, you know, higher engagement, higher retention, higher trust and leadership, those are sort of given, but they were actually more likely to thrive in their life generally. Like, and, and that's exactly kind of, I feel like what you said, Sarah, which is like, this, there's no it's not as clear of a distinction. You just, all right, I did this 10 minute drive. Now I'm at my dwelling. Now all my thoughts about that last nine, 10 hours is, are gone. Um, I just found that so powerful. Like we, we, as, as companies, people, especially in, in HR or managers or leaders, like, this is impacting people's lives and they could be thriving if, by feeling valued at their organizations. Exactly. Because once you like in human resources, you know, specifically the industry that I'm, you know, working, you know, we deal with people who um, you have to be, you know, sensitive and empathetic to a degree because, you know, in the staffing agency, you hear people's struggles about how they were laid off from work 10 months mm -hmm. ago and are like having a hard time getting back into the workforce and like, while you have to sometimes be frank with them and firm in terms of, you know, I'm sorry, you're not qualified for this position because of X, Y, Z. You also have to be able to understand, like, they take that home with them. You know, it, it weighs heavy in your heart and on your shoulders. And, you know, just because you walk out of a door, you know, as an employee from your place of business and head on home doesn't mean that you're you're shrugging off the weight of everything that you hear and you hold to your heart mm. on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. And actually that's, that's a perfect segue. Just like 
So for people, you kind of mentioned sometimes you do have to deliver not so great of news and, and Gen Z does get knocked. Um, and by the way, for the for the record here, there's no scientific academic study that verifies that Gen Z is more sensitive than any other generation. That's, that's the way they're <laughs> perceived and, and it's sometimes self-reported studies, but there's no uh, scientific one that, that validates that, that claim. Um, but if you are finding you have to deliver not as great of news, like it, it, have you found anything that, that works kind of quite well? Like, for example, I found that like steps to improve, um, like quick, that, that kind of transparency of where things are at, then how could things get better? What do we need to go? I found that to be successful. Have you kind of found, what, what would you tell people who are like, well, Gen Z, they can't take criticism and they don't, they don't want to hear it. I would say that um, it's truly like, you know, in terms of like, you know, you can't take criticism. It's realizing how you're saying something is just as important as what you're saying. It's not always mm. like rub some dirt in it, like get over <laughs> it, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep on going. It's oftentimes more productive to say, you know, here is a way that we can do better moving forward and making sure that you open the door to um, saying like, um, if you have any questions, let me know, like open that door of communication because, you know, sure, I'll go ahead and do it, but I don't know why I'm doing it. You know, mm -hmm. like you can give me as much criticism and feedback as you want, but like, it's not something I'm going to you know, necessarily way as valuable unless you give me context to it. And so in terms of with my job specifically, when talking and delivering that bad news, um, being transparent and honest about, you know, delivering the bad news, why you're delivering the bad news, but also following up with a note of like, this is what we can do moving forward to not face this again. Mm. Yeah, I ex expertly said I, I that's I was kind of reflecting on my own experiences and your comment about like you you internally weigh some of these remarks, of course. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, if you feel like when I feel that well, there wasn't really anything I could do of that because that was actually downstream of this thing. And that's mm -hmm. actually what's kind of the true problem here that I only have limited, if, if even any influence on, that's putting me in a bind to, you know, get this resource out or set up this meeting or, or, or whatever. And so, it, yeah, in some ways it's like, I'm, I'm brushing that off because I know that I'm being put in a situation not to necessarily thrive. So I, I love when you're, you're kind of saying about creating those two-way communication, open those doors, maybe, maybe together, there's there's a different way to look at it versus just looking at the final very end outcome maybe there's things along the way that that could have could have yeah. a good conversation could lead to exactly there are always changes that can be made in processes and procedures to you know when you start at point A, how can point A be different, you know, along B, C, and D in order to get to E, you mm -hmm. know, like it's, it, there's a point where some things are out of your hands, but where along the way can something change or can you offer suggestions on how something can change in order to make the end results even better? Yeah. 
And then and oftentimes it's the more entry level people who are the ones at point E where A, B, C, D have already happened. There's only so much you can do at E. So yeah, well stated. Um, kind of my last, I, I do want to get get your, just kind of what you're excited about. Before I do that, I just got to ask about communication style. That's another one of these really hot topics. Uh, Gen Z, they, they don't like to go on the phone. They, they can't send an email. I've had, <laughs> I've had five, 10, 15 minute rants uh, about emails um, and, and some of my and to me, I say rambling, it's, it's passion, but it's, it's caring. Like people want to find those ways of connecting. They want everyone to be successful. So people aren't generally coming from a good place when, when I'm having these conversations, but yeah, tell me a little bit about like, what, what do people need to know about how Gen Z prefers to communicate? And one of the things I often say is like, you know, funny enough, people tend to prefer the communication styles that they grew up with and that they joined the workforce in. So yeah, if, if you were perhaps a, a older generation phone was was much more centric in your lifestyle and and Gen X and millenn- older millenn- like email was was the powerhouse, right? And then kind of like tools like Slack and and Teams Messenger, those have been more recent. There, there's all these different styles. They do different functions of the same broad category of, of uh, communication. So yeah, what do we, what should we be thinking about when, when we talk about Gen Z's communication style? I think one of the most important things to take into consideration um, in terms of Gen Z's communication preferences is that Gen Z's are super fast paced. They're, they're moving, they're grooving, they have their mojo, especially when they're in the workplace, they're in a certain like, you know, set of mind and being interrupted, you know, kind of a point that we talked about earlier, being interrupted and not having their time respected with a sudden 10, 15 minute Mm. phone call Mm. in regards to like um, a comment about a project that they worked on or, um, you know, something that could have easily been said in a team's message or simply been said in an email. You know, I feel like my generation grew up very heavily with the internet um, as it evolved and, you know, communication not necessarily having to be face-to-face or like hearing each other's voice like it's great and it definitely has a value in of itself but as we are constantly and quickly evolving and moving we have the expectation of you know quicker communication styles too. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot me a message on Teams if you know you have any questions, like I'll be happy to help. Like you don't have to give me a call. I When I'm responding to you on Teams, I'm doing five other things at the exact <laughs> same time. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. On the phone, I can only pay attention to you what I'm doing on the phone. That's, that's a great point. I, I love it. And I don't even know if this is your, your intention, but almost everything, the almost every way you're answering is like, this is the business case <laughs> for this. Like where you're, I'm trying to get things done. And yeah, those, those, those drop-ins unannounced that, you know, whatever, you know, five minutes, whatever, you'll, that, that's life. But all of a sudden now we're having a 15 minute meeting. Now all of a sudden it's a, a 30, like that's interrupting your, what you're trying to achieve, which oftentimes is, a, is on behalf of the person who's, who's interrupting you. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to do what you're interrupting me from yeah, for you. <laughs> right, right. So, all right. So yeah, these, you know, the different, what I'm hearing you say, and, and let me know if you think this is, this is fair, but like, it's, it's less about the mode and more about like, what are, what is the message trying to achieve? Does it need to be a conversation? And if so, there's probably a place for that, 
But if it doesn't, then getting the communication across whatever method that's like, how can we do this in the most efficient, like kind of efficiency, I guess, is, is what I'm boiling it down to. Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. You know, if, you know, efficiently doing things means you're doing things quicker, which means other things can be done. And when other things can be done, then you're just moving and grooving and streamlining the process to get other things done, you know, knocking things out of the ballpark. Perfect. All, all excellent phraseology for an ops in an ops context, right? <laughs> yeah. Moving and grooving. Um, okay. So last thing here, then just what we want to leave people with some like real excitement, some real positivity. Like what, what excites you the most about your career, your generation, the impact you think they're going to have professionally. Maybe if you want to go bigger picture than that, get us, sell us on some hope, Sarah, to kind of wrap up today. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, something that I'm super excited about, you know, with my generation, you know, Gen Zers, like not only necessarily in the workforce, but, you know, as a whole is that Gen Zers aren't afraid to take things, you know, head on, mm. you know, they are, um, you know, there's innovation and they're, they're innovative and curious and they have a desire to grow and challenge the status quo. And in doing that, they are opening doors that we didn't even know could be opened, which is great. You know, you can make a career out of making TikToks now, you know, <laughs> who like you would say that, you know, 10, 15 years ago and who would have even like considered like making short, you know, you might be viewing clips. this conversation right now on TikTok. We'll see. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you never know. And it's like, you can, there's so much opportunity that I feel as though the Gen Zers aren't afraid to try and, you know, take advantage of and take a hold of, you know, and if they fail, it's a learning experience. You move on and say, what did I learn from my failure? And what can I do to not experience it again? And just keep on trucking. Perfect. Yeah. And it's, it's so exciting as a, as a millennial to kind of watch Gen Z, you know, have that enthusiasm, have that spirit to, to take on those new challenges. And even again, to get to the boring old kind of office environment. I, I'm oftentimes really excited. I talk to people who've got a, a side, quote unquote, side hustle. And oh, yeah. they're bringing, like, these are very much business and professional skills that they are developing on their own time and leveraging in the workforce. And so it's like, that's, that's incredible. And instead of, instead of uh, like that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset, whether it is a truly starting one's own company full-time or a, a side hustle, like that is going to manifest in really exciting ways. I believe that will, that will help our, our economy, our, our country, our world, <laughs> wherever you want to go with it. Um, Absolutely. There's, there's transferable skills in everything that you do. You know, there's nothing that you do, not only in the workplace, but in your life that can't be applicable to some other form. Exactly. And you'll probably dive into it a little bit more intentionally if, if you have a chance to make a, a few bucks off of it versus some corporate training retreat <laughs> delivered <laughs> by a, a 1993 uh, training what VHS <laughs> you probably don't know VHS no I'm just kidding <laughs> I I do thank you I had the orange yep, uh Rugrats uh Rugrats VHS on right, tape nice. so I know exactly what you're talking Perfect. about yeah this is, this is <laughs> solid. I know. my parents still have a whole 
library of them. I'm like, what, what do we, we don't even have VHS player anymore in the house. Like, what do you do? What's going to happen to these? <laughs> they just look cool. <laughs> you know, my, my uh, downloaded Amazon video on demand sitting on my cloud. They're, they're not really show pieces like my Bambi <laughs> VHS is. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Sarah, this has been an absolute pleasure and yeah. Keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Very wise, savvy uh, insights and, and advice here. Uh, well beyond what I could offer at, at uh, probably now, let alone uh, when I was your age. So thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, have a terrific, uh, terrific rest of your year. Terrific uh, career. Absolutely. We're thank excited you to see so what much. you get into. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. And that's all for our conversation with Sarah Jo Av. Wasn't she awesome? A big thank you to her for joining us. And if you'd like to connect with her, please get her info in the show notes. If you like this episode of Gen Z at Work, please like and subscribe. It helps us reach more amazing listeners like you. Oh, and feel free to you know, share it around the organization as well. Old school, uh, word of mouth, digital, whatever works. Uh, Once again, I'm Luke Getting. Thank you for listening, and we'll be out with another episode in the coming week.